just I just I just I just speak my peace I just I just What's good everybody, welcome to the 12th episode of the Speak My Peace podcast. I am your host, Greg Lacey. And today we got a a good episode, I have a great episode planned for you guys. Uh, This is an episode I have been itching to get out since uh, I started this podcast thing. Um, this is an episode that, with my release days being Thursday, this is an episode that was very convenient, considering that the day that I released this, uh, tomorrow, which is Thursday, the NFL season is kicking off. Um, today we're going to get into just this whole, I guess, a conversation about Colin Kaepernick kneeling, um, Colin Kaepernick being blackballed, and why I have been boycotting the NFL, um, since last last summer so we're gonna get into all of that good stuff but before we get into all the good stuff i do want to say send a special shout out to all my listeners i appreciate you guys tuned in uh tuning in whether it's apple uh podcast google play podcast uh soundcloud whatever the case may be however you listen to this podcast i appreciate all you guys for tuning in every single week and I want to send a special shout out to all, all my new listeners. So thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you guys stay. If you don't, hopefully you appreciate. Or maybe hopefully you like this episode. Uh, with that being said, let's get into the to good stuff. So before I touch on the topic that I want to touch, touch on, I have to paint a picture for you guys. Because if I don't paint this picture, I'll just be like, I'm just like everyone else who tried. There's been many attempts to change change the narrative of why Colin Kaepernick started protesting in the first place. To this day, he's not he has not been employed by the NFL uh, in a whole year. So there are still attempts to try to change the narrative of the the reasoning behind protest. And so what? So the reason why I have to paint this picture for you guys is to give you guys if you don't understand if you know this protest is new to you or if you haven't you don't know the reason why the protest this picture is going to give you guys a, a clearer understanding so to paint this picture i had to go back six years um february 26 2012 17 year old trayvon martin walking through his uh he went to 7-eleven get arizona and skittles he's walking through his gated community in sanford florida and Basically, because he because he's black and he's wearing a hoodie, there is someone in the community. I'm not going to mention his name. If you know the case, a story of Trayvon Martin, then you know what happened. Um, you know who the person I'm talking about. So I'm not going to mention the man's name, the perpetrator's name. But basically, he saw Trayvon Martin, you know, walking through the neighborhood with his hoodie late at night. So he figured, here's a black guy walking with his hoodie um, in my neighborhood. This gated community. He must not live here. He must be up to some suspicious trying to break in uh, to somebody's house or car. Some whatever the case may be. I don't know what was going through his head, and I don't care what was going through his head. Um, so from there, he calls the police, and he, you know, basically tells them what's going on. Tells them that he's suspicious that this young black man is walking through his neighborhood, and so the police 
the per the operator on his phone is basically telling him, you know, sit still. We will uh, send someone out to see what's going on. So this idiot decides to take it upon his own hand. He leaves out his house and he follows the 17 year old kid Trayvon Martin throughout the uh, gated community, which Trayvon Martin also lives in himself. Trayvon Martin's on the way back home, mind you. He decides to follow him. The operator tells him, "Do not follow him. That is not your job." But he say no because they always get away. Um, I forgot the word that he used, but he says they, and then he calls him another word in, in reference to us black people or black men. Um, he said they always get away. So he then pursues Trayvon Martin. No one knows what happens after, but the end result ends up, and the 17-year-old Trayvon Martin ends up getting killed by this grown man, and essentially the grown man end up getting off. Uh, he goes to trial. And he ended up getting off on a standing ground. I guess he was standing his ground. His defense was that he followed Trayvon Martin, and Trayvon Martin got, I guess, aggressive and started beating him or something like that, which actually didn't happen. But this was this was his story. This is why he got off. So that's February 26, 2012. In August 9, 2014, 18-year-old Mike Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, is uh, walking home in the middle of the street. I guess he was suspected of uh, stealing from a gas station or a liquor store I forget the case um, but basically he's walking home and his officer stops him and his friend as they stop him and his friend he gets aggressive with 18 year old Mike Brown which ensues I guess it's, an, it's not really a stand your ground law because this time it's the actual officer that's uh, interfering with him but from the officer story he says that you know they got into a fight they got into a tussle and Mike Brown reached for his gun, which prohibited him shooting him. Um, obviously, this was not the case. They have there were eyewitnesses on the scene that said this is this didn't happen. Um, they didn't he didn't tell the story correctly, and whatever the case may be. So this was another case in which you know a young black man was killed and his murderer gets off free, gets off scot free. I think he was like on paid leave or something like that. Um, so yeah, this was August 9th, 2014, two years later after Trayvon Martin. Three months later after this incident, in Cleveland, we have a 12-year-old, Tamir Rice. Tamir Rice is on his playground in Cleveland, and some nearby neighbor calls the police on him because he, I guess he has a BB gun, and they're suspicious somehow of a 12-year-old. So police respond to the scene. They see him with the BB gun. And there are two police who respond to this call, the 12-year-old on a playground with a BB gun. Um, so they respond to the scene with the weapons drawn. Two police hop out the car with their weapons drawn on the 12-year-old. They see the BB gun, and they let off rounds into this 12-year-old kid who's on a playground playing around with the BB gun. I don't remember what exactly happened with the officers in this case, but I do know that Tamir Rice... Um, family did receive a settlement from the city um so i don't remember if that settlement came after you know they end up letting off the officer or whether the officer was arrested whatever the case may be there's another young man black man killed just being black um now let's go to a year later april 4th 2015 50 year old walter scott is in a traffic stop and uh i believe where was Walter Scott? I believe Walter Scott traffic stop happened in uh, either North Carolina or South Carolina. I forget. I think it was actually Charleston, South Carolina. Um, so in the traffic stop, 
and and this is all on video. He's talking to the police and he starts to flee the scene. Mind you, there is no physical inter uh, altercation. There's no physical interaction, anything like that. All you see on the video is Walter Scott. This is a 50-year-old grown man fleeing the scene. And I'm saying grown man, but it's not that age matter because you're killing innocent people for no reason. Age doesn't matter. It's just, But I have to put that out there because that's how he differ differentiates from the uh, past three. Um, so Walter Scott decides to free the scene. This is in broad daylight on video camera. The officer shoots him in the back as he is running away. Um, and in, in this case, the officer also got gets off. Now, not more recently, but close to, uh, closer than any of the uh, previous four, we have 32-year-old Philando Castile in Minnesota during a traffic stop. During a traffic stop in Minnesota, he's in a car with his girlfriend and her four-year-old daughter. The police officer asked him a question because I believe uh, Minnesota is an open uh, carry state. So he asked him, you know, if he has a if he has a weapon. So Philando Castile tells him, "Yes, I have a weapon." Um, no, I don't even know if he asked him. I think Philando Castile told him from the jump, "Like I have a weapon in the car, just so you know everything is safe." So. And then he tells him that the officer asked for his ID, you know, the regular stuff, uh, I, your driver's license and your registration. So he tells the officer, you know, I'm reaching for my uh, registration or my ID. And as, after he tells him he's reaching for the registration or ID, the officer lets off shots into him saying that you better not reach for the gun. Mind you, they're, they are still in the car. He's still sitting in the car with his girlfriend to the side of him and her daughter in the back seat. This all goes on. The officer shoots him, claiming that he was reaching for a gun. This is another case in where the officer gets off and killing an innocent black man. And I don't want to seem misogynistic just, you know, saying cases where there are just uh, men uh, included. Because there have been cases uh, where the women as well, just to say a few, you know, Sandra, uh, Sandra Bland... Uh, I don't know how I forgot her last name, but yeah, Sandra Bland was one of the cases. Another one was Akai. I don't know if I said her name right. Akai or Akai uh, Gurley. Um, so this definitely is not you know exclusive to the killing of unarmed black men, but unarmed black women as well. Um, well, I just mentioned the those men because of those are the ones that, in regards to what I'm going to speak to, it relates. It's not even that it relates. It was just the ones that I stood out because I remember a lot of them happened, and um, and so these are ones that stood out to me for the case of this. So all right, I'm painting this picture. I hope you guys remember all the stories I just told. Uh, the five uh, unarmed black men killed. And those five are just uh, a small percentage of the unarmed, unarmed black males that are killed in the United States, um, and they're killed. The murderers gets off. Okay, so the Philando Castile incident happened in July July 6, 2016. So, the NFL preseason kicks off August 14, 2016. And in the first preseason game, Colin Kaepernick, quarterback of the uh, San Francisco 49ers, decides to sit during the national anthem. This is August 14, just a month after Philando Castile was murdered in broad daylight in front of his girlfriend and, his, uh, and her daughter. The week later, August 20th, during the second preseason game, Colin Kaepernick sits again 
Mind you, while all this is going on, there is no media uh, circus going on. No one is saying anything about it. It just, he's doing it. And that's it. So, after the third preseason game, August 26th, I believe, Colin Kaepernick sitting catches, you know, media's attention. There was some reporter on scene for the, uh, either for San Francisco or for the 49ers that took a picture of something unrelated to Colin Kaepernick sitting. But when that picture went out, you know, someone noticed, picked up that he was sitting during a national anthem. And this caused somewhat of a media frenzy. So, this it's all been going on for three weeks and someone finally catches. So we're now August 28th, um, a month, almost two months after Philando Castillo is murdered. And, and I apologize for the, uh, phone ringing in the background. Um, but anyway, so this is, damn, is it going to stop? So now this is August 28th. This is almost two months later after Philando Castillo was murdered in broad daylight. So the media catches on after the third preseason game and now everybody has something to say about, you know, Colin Kaepernick sitting down doing National Anthem. I guess someone got offended. I'm not sure what the case may be. But uh, two days after that preseason game, Colin Kaepernick met with the media, giving him his reasoning for his reasoning for why he decided to sit during that National Anthem. And I have a clip to play for you guys of him explaining himself why he decided to sit. Will you continue, will you continue Colin, to sit? Will you continue to sit? Yes, I'll continue to sit. I'm going to continue to stand with the people that are being oppressed. Uh, to me, this is something that has to change. And when there's significant change, and I feel like that flag represents what it's supposed to represent, and this country is representing people the way that it's supposed to, I'll stand. Specifically, what would you like to see change in order for you to stand? There's a lot of things that need to change. Uh, one, one specifically is police brutality. There's people being murdered unjustly and not being held accountable. Cops are getting paid leave for killing people. That's not right. That's not right by anyone's standards. Colin, so many people see the flag as kind of a symbol of military. How do you view it, and, and what do you say to those people? Uh, you know, I have great respect for men and women that have fought for this country. I have family. I have friends that have gone and fought for this country. And they fight for freedom. They fight for the people. They fight for liberty and justice for everyone. And that's not happening. I mean, people are dying in vain because this country isn't holding their end of the bargain up as far as, you know, giving freedom and justice and liberty to everybody. It's something that's not happening. And I've seen videos, I've seen cir circumstances where men and women that have been in the military have come back and been treated unjustly by the country they fought for and have been murdered by the country they fought for on our land. That's not right. Colin, do you personally feel oppressed? Personally? There have been situations where I feel like I've been ill-treated, yes, but this stand wasn't for me. This stand wasn't because I feel like I'm being put down uh, in any kind of way. This is because I'm seeing things happen to people that don't have a voice. People that don't have a platform to talk and have their voices heard and affect change. So I'm in a position where I can do that and I'm going to do that for people that can't. Is this the first year? All right, so in that clip you guys heard 
was from the very jump when media found out about the protest, they tried their best to change the narrative of why he was protesting. Even though he said it prior a minute prior to being asked a question about the military, they tried their best to change the narrative. So that was the first attempt. Just keep that in mind as this episode goes on. So as soon as they found out about it, as soon as he gave them his reason for why he was protesting, had nothing to do with the military at all, um, they decided to try to change the narrative and put the focus on the military. I'm not going to talk about it too much right now, but just keep that in the back of your minds that that was the first attempt of them trying to change the narrative. Um, all right, so go back on to the timeline. That interview happened August 28, 2016. Uh, sometime between August 28th and September 1st, he met with a, a former NFL player and former, uh, I believe, and I might, I might get it wrong. Excuse me if I'm getting it wrong, but I think he was a he's a uh, Navy veteran, or he may have been a Marine veteran, uh, Nate Boyer. Um, and I hate that I, if I do get it wrong because I know, you know, as a veteran myself, we don't like to get you know mixed up with other branches. So forgive me if I forgot. I don't know too much about him, but um, he was a former NFL player and he was a former. Uh, and he's a veteran, I should say. I don't, if I don't know what branch he is, he's a veteran. Let's keep it at that. Um, so he met with Colin Kaepernick, stayed, and they had a little sit-down. And he told them, you know, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't sit during the national anthem. Uh, maybe you should kneel. That would be more respectable. Now, here it is, you know, another chance to change the narrative about why he's doing what he's doing. But, okay, Colin Kaepernick was not being stubborn. He he had to talk with him. He came out of the talk, and he decided, okay, I changed my stance from sitting to kneeling because it's more respectable. Uh, kneeling is something that you do when, you know, uh, someone on a field or someone on a basketball court or someone anywhere in sports, when they get hurt, you the other team kneels, you know, just as a sign of respect. Um, also, kneel, as far as since they want to change the narrative, as far as the military sake, you also kneel in remembrance of, you know, fallen soldiers. So he decided to change and uh, he decided to change the stance from Sydney during National Anthem to kneeling. Boom. Good. All right. So September 1st. Uh, so the preseason after that preseason ended, we're into the uh, regular season. September 1st is when he begins to kneel, when he starts to kneel. Um, now, on this date, his teammate. Eric Reed, who was also being blackballed from the NFL at the current moment, decides to join him from kneeling. So from the from the jump, he has a, a ally, uh, also who joined him. Someone else who joined him in kneeling with Jeremy Lane and the Seahawks, who played the uh, San Francisco 49ers that day. And then a few days later, uh, gold medalist U.S. women's soccer player Megan Rapinoe, she also kneeled uh, before her match. All right, so all this goes on. Uh, he continues his kneeling throughout the preseason, and a lot of people followed him uh, after the preseason into the regular season. A lot of people follow his uh, lead. So we now have players of football all different levels, whether it's high school, college, uh, professional, joining Colin Kaepernick in the kneeling, you know, in support of his cause. Then we also have uh, people of various other sports also kneeling. Uh, we have high school and college marching bands who also kneeling. Uh, we have had national anthem singers who participated in kneeling, and even some cheerleaders across all different levels of uh, sports. They also uh, knew. So this goes on throughout the season. This is 2016, mind you. And then the season ends. Um, at the end of the season, Colin Kaepernick decides to enter the free agency. 
this is when the black ball start. So for the sake of the timeline purposes, I know it was a little kind of dragged out. We about 20 minutes in, but I had to give you guys that that timeline just so you guys can paint a picture of what's going on. I'm going to mention a couple of dates, you know, throughout the rest of this episode, but it has nothing to do with that timeline. Some of it maybe before that timeline. Some of it is more current, but I had to paint that picture for you guys so you guys have somewhat of an understanding. All right, boom. So Colin Kaepernick enters free agency. Um, a lot of stuff happened that led to him entering the free agency. Um, if you don't know anything about Colin Kaepernick, I will say this. I had a, had a biased opinion of him because I was a former Dallas Cowboys fan. If you know anything about the Dallas Cowboys and 49ers, we beef. We beef with the fans. The, the team beef is just they we don't get along. I'm saying we, but I'm not a part of that fandom anymore. But um, So they don't get along. 49ers are Cowboys. So... You know, someone maybe listen to this pot, this episode, like, oh, I remember you used to tweet this about Colin Kaepernick, or I used to none of what my previous, you know, stance about him as a football player was. I wouldn't say it wasn't accurate, but it was definitely biased. Me being a former Cowboy fan, so I just had to get it that out way. Um, so basically, if you know anything about his resume, Colin Kaepernick, I wouldn't say he's the greatest quarterback in NFL, or I wouldn't ever. Um, I wouldn't say that he's top five quarterback in the NFL, but he's definitely a winning able quarterback that can contribute to any team in the NFL at this moment. If not any team, he for sure can contribute to at least maybe 16 teams. There are 32 teams in the NFL. Um, he took the 49ers to the Super Bowl in 2013. They lost by three points. Uh, the year after, he took his team to the NFC Championship, which is a conference championship, and they lost in 2014. And after they lost in 2014, they was one game away from the championship. Uh, the coach leaves, Jim Harbaugh. He leaves and goes to Michigan University. He uh, leaves professional sports and goes to uh, college sports. Mind you, he left in 2014. That same summer, uh, well, he left in 2014. And in 2015, the 49ers hired a new coach uh, to replace him, Jim Tomasola. So, before the 2015 season kicked off, Colin Kaepernick signed an extension. Usually, you sign an extension when an organization, and no matter what the sport is, you usually sign an extension is because the organization wants to see more of you because they like what they've seen thus far. And if it's a big money extension, is because they think that you can take them you know, to a greater place than they have been previously, whether... It, you have had unsuccessful seasons as far as not making it to the postseason, or even if you had a successful season and you just didn't quite, you know, win a championship, they believe that you have in place the skills to get them to where they need to go. So they Jim Harbaugh leaves 2014 before the 2015 season kicks off. Kyle Kaepernick signed a six-year uh, extension with the 49ers, worth 126 million dollars. Of that 126 million dollars, I believe for 55. $54 million was guaranteed. So if you don't know anything about football, that's a lot of money, especially for a quarterback who will have problems finding a job um, about three years later. All right, so back somewhere on this timeline. It's a different timeline, though. So they hire a new coach in 2015, Jim Tomazola. Kaepernick gets injured, I want to say like halfway, three-quarters through the season. He injured his shoulder. If you know anything about sports, you know anything about football, you know that a quarterback needs a shoulder because the majority of your job the is throwing a football. So you need your shoulder to, you know, throw a football and be successful. So he gets injured, which in that results in him sitting out about half of the season or 
one fourth of the season. I don't remember how many games set out because I didn't uh, follow 49ers too well because I used to hate them. But anyways, he gets fired. I mean, he gets injured. And in the following season, the coach that they just hired gets fired. That's how bad of a job he did. He did is he got fired. Um, so he got fired in 2016. I mean, at the end of the season, at the end of the 2015 season, which was January in 2016, that coach gets fired just after one year of on the job. He gets fired. So that shows you how bad of a job that coach did. In February 2016, Colin Kaepernick demanded a trade. However, it was hard to move him because 49ers just agreed to pay him so much money. So in order for them to trade him and another team to pick him up off of a trade, they would have to give him the money that the 49ers just agreed to give him. So it's hard to move a player, especially when you're, when you're set to make so much money because other teams will have to take on the money that the other team that another team just promised you. And so a lot of teams shied away from, you know, entering trade talks with the 49ers because they didn't want to give him all the money that the 49ers just gave him. It's not that he wasn't worth it. It's just that was a lot of money and they just couldn't give him that money. So he demands a trade in 2016 and they hire a new coach uh, about that same month. So 2016 season goes on. And at this point, the 49ers are tanking. If you don't know what tanking is, tanking is... Uh, I guess the easiest way to explain tanking is tanking is when an organization know that they don't have the pieces in place to be successful at the end of the season to get them to the playoffs or to get them to the championship. They kind of inadvertently, you know, I wouldn't say they tell the team, but they definitely encourage the team not to win so many games just so that they will have a better uh, chances at gaining a top pick and they, uh, the following uh, year's draft. So 2016 season, Colin Kaepernick is coming back from an injury. He demands a trade because he sees what's going on in the organization and he don't want to be a part of a tanking team. He feel like he's still able to lead a team back to um, a conference championship like he did two years prior or uh, not even two years prior, a year prior or to a Super Bowl that he did two years prior. So because he believes in himself that much, he wants to get traded because he don't want to be a part of a tanking team. He want to be a part of a team that can compete. So he doesn't get traded. He goes to 2016, uh, 2016 season, and it's a complete mess. Um, they go back and forth with you know letting him start a quarterback and another uh, person start a quarterback, and it's just a complete mess. And the same coach that they had just hired that year ends up getting fired the year after. Actually, I may be wrong. It's shit. No, 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 no. He definitely got fired because the coach that was coaching the 49ers, that team was actually coaching um, that year, I mean. Is actually coaching UCLA, so he definitely got fired after that year. Um, so they go through the tanking year, and following the 2016 season, Colin Kaepernick decides to opt out of his contract. Uh, the reason for this is now it's a whole now the team is for sure uh, tanking. So they've been through two coaches in two years, and now the the people in the front office are changing. They hired a new general manager. They hire a new manager. And there's just a bunch of stuff going on. He started to notice that, you know, I just don't want to be a part of this. Uh, maybe I can try my luck with another team because I can't be a part of a losing team for another year. So in 2017, March 2017, he decides to opt out his contract and test free agency. And then this is where the black ball comes into place. The reason why I say Colin Kaepernick is black ball because the, the resume I just gave you guys, you won't find that resume 
amongst too many starting quarterbacks in the NFL as far as leading the team to the playoffs. I mean, not to the playoffs, as far as leading the team to Super Bowl and then the year after leading them right back close to, not to Super Bowl, but one step away from the Super Bowl in the conference championship. Um, it's not too many starting quarterbacks in the uh, NFL right now with that resume. And even if, you know, some teams may be afraid to pick him up just because of he may be older than he was three years prior, there's definitely, okay, so there's 32 teams in the NFL. Colin Kaepernick is probably good enough to start on 16 of those teams. Um, even if not start on 16 of those teams, Colin Kaepernick can definitely serve as a backup for 32 of those teams in the NFL. And, that, and this is without a doubt. So he decides to enter in the free agency and test his luck. He think he'd get picked up by another team. So the summer goes on. I remember the summer vividly because I didn't even know I was going to boycott the NFL until I started boycotting the NFL. But I remember the summer going on, and this was the story of the summer. It's like, let's see if Colin Kaepernick gets uh, picked up. Obviously, a lot of teams are shying away from him because he's been boy he's been uh, kneeling during the national anthem the prior two years, and this is their chance again to change the narrative and say that you know our our fans might not like that. We have a lot of patriotic fans, patriotic fans who may not stand with Colin Kaepernick and kneeling during the national anthem because they feel like he's disrespecting the flag. So the summer goes on, he gets a couple, you know, workout for certain teams. And it's reported that, you know, during these workouts, there are teams that are asking him, do you still plan on, uh, do you still plan on kneeling during the anthem and all this other stuff that's not related to his job. So this is the first sign of, okay, they're about to blackball this man because why are you asking someone who's coming to audition, not audition, who's coming to try out for a position for your team, why are you asking him his stance on, you know, his anthem protest? Because that has nothing to do with his It may have somewhat to do with his job, but essentially it has nothing to do with his job. But anyways, the summer goes on and he he doesn't get a job. And I didn't think that was going to be the case. I thought teams were just going to be stubborn and they were going to hold out to the very end of the summer. And by the time the season starts, somebody's going to pick him up. I remember having a conversation um, I don't remember who it was, but somebody asked me, like, are you going to boycott the NFL? I'm like, no, nah, because, you know, just because they're not picking up them now, I know somebody's going to pick them up by the time the season starts. I even went, and the reason why I, vivid, I vividly remember the summer, because that was my last interaction with the NFL. Um, I'm a former Cowboys fan, and in the offseason, the Cowboys hold their training camp in Oxnard, California, which is about two or three hours from where I'm from in uh, L.A., so I've never been my entire life to this training camp. So my first time being was 2016. So I take my little brother with me, and you know, and it's fun. And I enjoy it. It's my first time going. And he enjoyed it. He met the mascot and a couple of players and got autographs and stuff like that. So it was pretty fun. This is nearing the end of the summer. I'm still thinking in my head that this man is going to get picked up. Season comes and he's still not picked up. So I'm thinking to my, in my head, okay. So now I'm, you know, supporting him because he made a sacrifice essentially and taking a gamble on getting picked up by another team where he knew the, the odds of him not being picked up. So this is when I start to boycott the NFL because I'm noticing that he's been blackballed because I didn't think that, you know, teams were going to hold off this loan to not pick him up. But essentially, they do not pick him up. Uh, he's still unemployed to this day, which is two years later. So I start to boycott the NFL after the. Uh, season start and my last interaction with the NFL was at training camp in um, I think it was like maybe July 2016, August 2016, something like that 
Um, I don't remember. Not even 2016. I'm going way back too far. It was last year. It was last summer. So it was July 2017. It was my last interaction with the NFL. I still do play fantasy football. But um, that's other than fantasy football, I don't do anything outside of that. Uh, I don't buy any newer version of Madden. I still play Madden 2017. They're on Madden 2019 now. Um, I wanted to buy this one, but because of you know what the NFL is doing, I just I can't find myself to come to terms with accepting that. So, and not to get off topic, but essentially. The reason why he's being blackballed is because of the NFL. The NFL still has a slave ship mentality. Not in a slave ship mentality. Slavery mentality to where we want you to do one thing. If you want to do anything other than that, then that is totally not. I want to say warranted, but it's not accepted by us. Um, we have a league in the NFL where owners were speaking out about. Basically, if we... There was an owner who went on record who said, basically, if I let my players kneel during national anthem it'd be like the uh i think the the reference he used was the mh running a prison so if you know anything about the you know the american prison industry you know it's definitely like modern day slavery so for him to make that comment is like all right that's the first sign of like all right these niggas is kind of racist um we have another owner who was saying that you know if my players kneel during the anthem they're basically They'll be, I don't know if it was fine or if it was like they'll be dealt with, kind of. And that's another, like, you know, slave owner type of mentality. Um, so it's a lot of just like weird stuff goes on in between this 2016 uh, summer and 2017 season. And in comes in this dumbass number 45. If you watch, if you listen to previous episodes, you know that if I'm speaking about number 45, it's not an athlete, it's someone who's whole. Who holds a title, a certain position in this country, whose name I refuse to mention. But basically, here comes in this dumbass number 45. In between all this little crazy stuff that's going on, and he decides to say, you know, this is another, this is the biggest attempt of changing the narrative. He says that, you know, players who kneel during the anthem, they should be dealt with. And basically, everybody who kneels during the anthem are SOBs. If you don't know what SOBs are, sons of bitches. So he calls every player new during the Azor our sons of bitches because they don't respect the flag and they don't respect our country. They don't respect the troops. So this is the biggest attempt to uh, change the narrative that as the um, changing the narrative of the kneeling during the anthem because here we have someone who's in such high position who is charging up all these racist people in this country um, who has been doing it and he has been doing it successfully for about a year or so. So here he has saying this, and of course people are going to jump on ship with him because why not? If he can openly say this, and we can openly say this, blah blah blah. So we had so we had two spectrums uh, of people boycotting NFL because of that. There were people who were boycotting NFL because they felt that Colin Kaepernick was being blackballed, and they didn't want to give in to uh, they didn't want to generate any revenue for this company who was openly openly racist and. Um, and then you have the people who were boycotting NFL because they didn't want to support a company who allowed the players to kneel. They felt like the players should be punished for kneeling and all this other crazy type of stuff. Um, I'm kind of rambling on, but I'm doing this to basically get to me explaining myself. But I got to give you guys all the facts in order for me to get to the destination that I'm trying to reach for myself. I got to give you guys all the facts surrounding the, uh, the I guess, the circumstance. All right, boom. So we have number 45, this number 45 idiot, charging up all these races who he has been 
accurately, I'm not accurately, successfully uh, charging up these races for the past year. He now bringing them to this forefront of sports because if you know anything about this narcissistic person is he likes everything to be about him. If you're not talking about him, if there's not news about him, if you're not saying anything about him, then it's something that eats away at him because he feels like he's not doing what he needs to do because obviously these people aren't talking about me or this uh, news station is a cover me or this platform is a cover me. So I must be doing something wrong. That's his type of narcissistic person he is. So now we have politics in the NFL because he wants to speak out about something. But to give you guys a little backstory, my reason or my belief or the reason why he wants, you know, to say something about NFL because he spoke out about it saying the NFL doesn't have a grip on it because, you know, the NFL should be doing this and doing that. And, you know, don't support the NFL if they are allowing their players to do this. Obviously, change the narrative again about the troops and all this other bullshit. So if you know anything about number 45 in the 80s. He tried to enter an NFL. They blocked him out, said, no, we don't want your ass. Stay away. Boom. Uh, and recently, I want to say it was 2012, he tried to, uh, he tried to, uh, he tried to gain ownership of a team, the uh, Buffalo Bills. Once again, NFL kicked his ass out, said, no, we don't want you. And I may be wrong in a year, but it was recent. It was within this decade. Um, he tried to gain ownership of an NFL team. They kicked him out again, said, boom, no, we don't need you. Stay away. So now you have this narcissistic person who is like, all right, now I'm in this position to where I can say whatever or not. He's not in a position where you can say what I want to say. But he's in a position where a lot of people pay attention and he has a lot of people backing him now because he's charging a lot of people up. So now he's like, okay, NFL is doing something. Let me put my two cents in it. So now we have players kneeling for just to combat him, not for the actual reason of Colin Kaepernick of why he knelt and why players follow him. We now have players kneeling just to combat, you know, whatever he said, not for the actual cause to bring, you know, awareness of social injustice or social inequality within this country. They're just kneeling just to kneel. Um, you have some other teams that, quote unquote, lock linking arms, I guess, uh, which is also a storm of com- combating him or whatever the case may be. I don't know what, you know, obviously what discussions were made but this is what i felt that it was so you have all the stuff going on this is basically basically the last season was a, a huge frenzy just because this man decided to put his two cents in it whatever the case may be um so to give you guys a, a background about the you know the procedure of what goes on in the national anthem and why the uh, national anthem is played do understand that it's, it's all money in it so basically players weren't mandated to be on the field during the playing of national anthem until until 2009 which was uh basically a case of paid patriotism if you don't know what the paid patriotism is is basically around that time the department of defense spent about seven million dollars um and that money was spread out against you know different uh sports uh sports leagues uh the nfl was one of them MLB was one of them, NASCAR was one of them, MLS uh, soccer was one of them. Um, so in exchange for the money, teams basically will organize displays of national pride, including flag presentations, honor of military members, reenlistment ceremony for military members. And sometimes, you know, even the, you know, you see it on social media where there are uh, soldiers who are away or are deployed 
they come home and they surprise, you know, a significant other or their children, their whole family, whatever the case may be. This is part of that paid patriotism. Um, I'm speaking of, but you have to understand that the connection between paid patriotism and players being mandated to being present for an anthem is tenuous. Um, so there have been several reports where teams were paid for anthem performances. Um, but and they were also paid for you know artists presentation uh performances or pre- uh, presentation which were in fact part of paid patriotism which is crazy but basically you're paying basically they were paying teams to to have people out there honoring the flag during the national anthem even though the national anthem and flag are two different entities they have nothing to do with each other you know a lot of time in America we do play the national anthem um and you know they they are we do play the national anthem they are paired together but they don't have to be paired together um and as far as you know what you do during national anthem there's no such thing as disrespecting the flag just because the flag and national anthem are two different things but you know you do do certain things towards the flag during the national anthem um so during the rendition of the national anthem you know most people you're supposed to face the flag you're supposed to stand at attention um with your hand over your heart the only people who are ex- a- excluded from this are military personnel. And during this time, military personnel, of, or when the National Anthem played, they were supposed to stand at attention and salute the flag. So, in regards to respecting the flag, the National Anthem and what you do during the National Anthem has nothing to do with the flag. It just has what you do in regards to the National Anthem. And in regards specifically to respecting the flag... Uh, let me put this up for you guys because I was looking at an article because there is something mandated. There is a U.S. code that, you know, reads off of like basically how you respect the flag or whatever the case may be. Um, so the U.S. code says in regards to the respect for the flag, no disrespect should be shown to the flag of the United States of America. The flag should not be dipped to any person or thing. Regimental colors state flags and organization institutional flags are to be dipped as a mark of honor the flag should never be displayed with the union down except as a signal of direct dire distress in instances of the extreme danger to life or property the flag should never touch anything beneath it such as the ground the floor the water or merchandise the flag should never be carried flat or horizontally but always aloft and free the flag should never be used as wearing apparel bedding or a drapery it should never be festooned drawn back nor up in folds but always allowed to fall free bunting of blue white and red that's weird how they arranged the colors thought it was red white and blue but um anyways uh the flag should never be fastened displayed used or stored in such a manner as to permit it to be easily torn soiled or damaged in any way the flag should never be used as a covering for a ceiling. The flag should never have placed on half the flag should never have placed upon it, nor on any part of it, nor any attached to it, any mark, insignia, letter, word, figure, design, blah 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 blah. The flag should never be used as a receptacle or for receiving, holding, or carrying or delivering anything. The flag should never be used for advertising purposes purposes in a manner whatsoever. No part of the flag should ever be used as a costume or athletic uniform. However, the flag patch may be affixed to the uniform military 
personnel, firemen, policemen, and members of a patriotic organization. The flag, when it is in such condition that it is no longer a fitting emblem or display, should be destroyed in a dignified way, preferably by burning it. So I just read you guys the the U.S. Code of Respect for the Flag, and I read you guys every part of it. I may have left out a little words for certain, you know, parts, but I didn't skip out any of the codes. It was uh, the codes is letter A through K, and I read you guys A from K. And neither of those codes, neither of those subsidiaries of that code had anything to do about what you should do towards a flag during a national anthem. So that right there dispels any attempt to change the narrative of kneeling during a national anthem is disrespectful to the flag. Because as I just read you guys the U.S. code for respect for the flag, the national anthem was not mentioned once. And they say anything about what you should do during a national anthem to respect the flag because they had nothing to do with each other. Those are two separate entities. So... That right there gives you guys enough explanation. If you may have like, oh, maybe it is disrespecting the flower, or blah, 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 disrespecting the troops. Whatever the case may be, you can have your opinion or feel whatever way you feel. But I just gave you guys facts. Playing out, bringing the facts has been here for years that whatever you do on the National Anthem has nothing to do with respect for the flag. And sometimes the flag is not even present during the playing of the National Anthem. Um, so... If you maybe you're on a borderline, like, well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I just gave you guys pure facts about why they don't relate to each other, anything at all. So, for if you ever seen anybody attempting to change the narrative of the flag or anything like that, break out that code, Google the code, whatever the case may be, and, and, and show them that, you know, the two entities have nothing to do anything with each other. So... I dispelled that rumor that that had anything to do with, you know, the flag or the troops. Another thing with the troops is majority of the time people say it's a disrespect to the troops are people that have nothing to have never served in the military. Their only interaction with the military is they wear camouflage and, you know, they say they support the troops or they wear bumpers. They have bumper stickers on their car saying they support the troops. Me as a military veteran, I'm telling you guys that this has nothing to do with the troops. At all, so stop speaking for troops. A lot of times, people speak for troops, and they have never spoken to a troop. They have never heard a troop's opinion on, you know, the flag. Uh, the I mean, the anthem protest or anything like this. People are just speaking off the side of their necks. Uh, I know last last semester or two semesters ago, or even uh, not even two semesters because it happened two different uh, two separate semesters. Um, there have been professors because obviously it's a hot topic. So there's been professors that have spoken on the topic and they say certain thing about, you know, oh, some I wonder how the veterans feel or the veterans feel this way. And I'm sitting there in class. Little do they know that I'm a veteran. I say, you know, you don't speak for us because I'm a veteran myself. So how can you speak for that? And one time I challenged the professor said that he said, oh, I have a friend that was. And I don't know if he was lying or not. I assume that he's lying. But he was like, oh, I have a friend who was a blah, blah, blah veteran. And he served in Iraq and all the other type of bullshit. So. Stop speaking for the troops. If you're out there in America and you're saying that Colin Kaepernick is disrespecting the troops or anybody who's supporting Colin Kaepernick is disrespecting the troops, that shit is not true because there are troops out in this world, out in this country, that are in full support of Colin Kaepernick because we understand that what he's bringing awareness to is totally true and it needs some awareness brought to it because a lot of times the country likes to shy away from it. It's not even that they like to shy away from it. They like to... 
not acknowledge it. They like to act like it doesn't happen. Anything that's going on within our community as far as black people or people of any other color, whether there's any type of, you know, thing that we want to bring awareness to, that's a, that's not a comfortable topic for any for for white people, I should say. Because and I don't want to say all white people cuz I seen something yesterday that totally blew my mind. I'm going to speak about it in a couple minutes. But I want to say all white people, but definitely in America Speaking about anything that's going on within the black community or any wrongdoings to the black community by white people, that's definitely a, a topic that that don't they don't want to talk about. It's like taboo for them. So let's just get rid of all that the the stigma that what Colin Kaepernick is doing this uh, has anything to do with the troops or anything to do with the flag because it has nothing to do with neither. Um, even though he previously stated, and people like to you know. Uh, I guess they, I guess they didn't hear. I don't know what the hell's going on, but I, I know I've seen a lot of cases where there's been professors to get back to this topic, where they're speaking about it and they have no idea that I'm a veteran, and I speak up and say, "Oh no, that's not how we feel," because you're speaking right now for a veteran as if you're a veteran, but that's not the case. I'm a veteran. I have a lot of friends that are veterans. None of us feel that way. So who are you speaking for, and who are you speaking, and where are you getting your information from? Because you can't just speak for veterans because you feel like it. Well, that's definitely interesting for them to say that. And in a sense, even though I don't want to feel like I'm, uh, I don't want to feel like I'm defending Kaepernick. Kaepernick. I don't want to feel like I'm uh, defending Kaepernick. Be as if he needs defending because I just stated that you know the military has nothing to do with it. But if you guys have ever been on a military installation, at no matter what it is, what base it is, where it is in the world, at five o'clock the national anthem plays. And if you want to know what goes on and on the military installation at five o'clock or let's say five forty nine, you'll be like, okay, this shit definitely has nothing to do with the flag or the troops. Because from my experience, I've been a person done doing this. I have friends doing this. I've seen other people doing this, whether it's the same branch of service as I was serving or different. If the national anthem plays at five o'clock, if you're on a military installation, if you're outside, you have to stop what you're doing, no matter what, no matter where you at. You have to stop what you're doing, find the nearest flag. If you can't find a flag, you have to find the speakers where the National Anthem is playing. And you have to, if you're in uniform, you have to stand at attention and you have to salute either the flag or the speakers. If you're not in uniform, you stand at attention and just face the speakers with your right hand over your heart. Um, and so this, and if that's what happens if you're just outside. If you're in your car, everybody on base stops. So your car is not to be driven until, you know, is is done being played. A lot of people don't like that because it's like you doing what you have to do. You have to stop what you're doing in the middle. And I'm not saying everybody in the military. I'm just going off of what I see a lot of military bases. What we do is we try to avoid that at all costs. So say if you get off work, you had a long day, you can't ready, you can't wait to go home, and you finally get out the office and you notice it's five fifty nine. What some people would do is they just won't go out until national anthem is done being played because they don't want to be stuck. Uh, in the middle of why it's being played because they know how to drop everything and do and stop what they're doing. And if you're outside and it's four fifty nine and it's about to be played at five fifty at five o'clock, even if when it starts when it first starts up, because you know it has an intro into the national anthem. What you will see is because if you're in building, if you're inside of a building, you don't have to do all that stuff. So we try to uh, use the the buildings as a safe haven to you know to bypass standing at attention or facing the flag or whatever the case may be. You can do whatever you want inside of a building. So what you see on that military installation at five o'clock or four fifty nine, 
30 seconds. Uh, it's people sprinting two buildings so they don't have to do this. And if you don't believe me, if you live near a military installation, if you can't get on it, just go buy it at 4.59 and watch what happens. You will see people sprinting as fast as they can to get into buildings because they don't want to be caught up with it. So let's dispel that this is any disrespect towards the, towards the flag or the troops because this is what, as troops, this is what we do at 5 o'clock and 4.59. We try to stay away from the national anthem as if it was hot lava. So, again, let's not further this narrative that it has anything to do with the troops or the uh, uh, let's say, or the flag, I'm sorry, because um, it definitely doesn't. And beyond that, let's... Let's acknowledge the reason why he is kneeling because he stated on many occasions the reason why he was kneeling. If you can acknowledge it, and then you're just racist. And that's you're racist and ignorant. That's just plain and simple. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. I had to disparage any rumors about, you know, it being about the flag. As a veteran myself, I had to disparage. And I'm not saying every veteran thinks like me because we all don't think alike. But as a veteran myself, I would like to speak because I see a lot of people speaking on behalf of veterans who will have no prior military experience. Now, to get into why I'm boycotting NFL is because, I don't know, I just can't bring it, I can't bring myself to the, to accepting, you know, help generate revenue for this company that is showing openly how they feel about us. Here we have a quarterback that is, I stated previously, who we can tr contribute to any, about 16, maybe, all right, maybe 16 may be a lot because he, he spent a year off. Nobody hired him last year. But uh, he definitely can, can contribute to at least eight teams in the NFL. He can serve as a backup to about 32 teams in the NFL. And he can probably compete for that third spot, whether he win it or not, for about 16, in NFL, 16 teams in the NFL. So we have someone who is willing and able to contribute to it, this many amount of teams. And somehow he finds himself to not have a job. Mind you, he was just in the Super Bowl three years ago. He led his team to the Super Bowl three years ago. And then a year after that, he led his team to the conference championship. So, obviously, he has a resume of a successful quarterback, whether recently he has or not. Just three years ago, he was in the Super Bowl. That's not too far ago, uh, long ago. So, obviously, he can, he can contribute to a lot of these teams to help them with winning, whatever the case may be, or even just the culture of the team. You know, bringing that type of experience to a team helps a lot of teams, especially with, like, rookie quarterbacks. So the reason why I just can't support them is because they openly showing that we don't support this. We don't care about what you're doing. Um, we have a we have a bottom dollar that we have to meet, and you are not helping us meet that because you want to bring awareness to the inequalities and injustice of, uh, amongst black people and other colored people in the United States. You want to do this, and we just don't support that because there's too many racist people that give us money that are offended by what you're doing. So instead of bringing you on our team to help us, you know, get better or bringing this experience to our young quarterbacks so they have a veteran in their ear, instead of helping us get better, we'd rather not get better. We'd rather just not hire you, and we'd rather just set satisfy our racist customers. So with them keeping him out of a job, it just brought me to the realization that these motherfuckers don't care. The only thing they care about is money. And... I wouldn't say rightfully so, but I understand. If you care about money, then okay, who doesn't care about money? But if you care about money to the extent that you won't hire somebody for a job who they're more than capable of qualifying for, just so you can satisfy your racist customer, 
then I can't be a part of that. And, I, and I'm not the type of person that I feel like I would. Um, I'm not the type of person. I've never been the type of person that feel like, oh, I'm doing this, so you should too. So like, I have a lot of friends that still watch NFL. I have a lot of friends that that um, play Madden. I have a lot of family that do the same. Um, I think this winter, my father is supposed to be coming out here so we can go to a Giants game. Now, that puts me at a, a in a weird stance because I'm boycotting NFL, but I don't want to take that joy away from anybody that I'm that close to of not experiencing a live, especially if it's their favorite team, because uh, the Cowboys and Giants are playing. So, like, at first, I was it kind of put me in a weird position. It was like, no, I don't want to support that. I don't want to give that money to it. But it's like, for this one time, I can't do it because I know what it means. Uh, my father's never been to New York, and the Cowboys and the Giants have a rivalry. So, if he was to come out here, I have no problem going to the game because that would just be a one-time thing. But other than that, you know, I can't give no money to to the NFL. I can't help them generate any revenue. for And, and it's not that it matters, but for me personally, I have to have some type of integrity, and that's what that's what my integrity is forcing me to do is to not support them, not help them generate any money. Um, not to get off topic or anything, but basically that's that's why I'm boycotting NFL. And and I'm not as I just said, I'm not the person to force anybody to do what I'm doing. But that's what mentally I have to do to to satisfy myself because obviously they don't care about us. Um, and that's just that's plain as day. I don't know what else I can say about that. It's, they don't care about us, and that's that's plain and simple. Is the NFL don't care about black people um, unless they're making no money. Uh, if you can throw them, you can throw a football, you can run a football, you can catch a football for them. Great. But if you want to bring awareness to social injustices amongst your people, this this is not the place for it because we have too many racist fans that we have to appease to, and the small amount of black people that watch this game or give us money, we just don't care. And so that brought me to, and that's why to this day I'm still boycotting NFL. I don't know if I'm ever gonna let up. I was thought about it last season, like, oh yeah, if he got, if he get hired, then I'm definitely gonna stop boycotting. I'm gonna start watching. And now, you know, another hit. This is about to be the second season that he's not hired. And it's like at this point, we know he's not getting hired. Uh, no team is gonna bring this man in. So I think, like, I feel like, and I have no problem with, it. I have no problem with boycotting him. But I feel like I'm never gonna watch the NFL for the rest of my life. Um, because they showed us where they stood on the spectrum of equality and inequality. Um, and that's fine. Um, I have no problem with, you know, these white people showing their true colors. Uh, I'm just wish that, you know, this would have been done 10 decades ago before I got so invested in it. Because I've been a Cowboys fan for majority of my life. I remember being a kid uh, playing flag football my first uh, before my first practice ever. And I didn't have, I never played football before at that point. I just played basketball. And I remember before my first practice, you know, I didn't have any jersey. And we was on the way to practice. And me and my pops, we stopped at the company to swap me. And this is something I always remember. Uh, this, as far as my first interaction with the NFL, I was a big Cowboys fan as a kid. But uh, we was on the way to practice. And my pops had to stop at the company to swap me, got a white shirt. And on the back of the shirt, because I didn't have no jersey, he wrote uh, 22 and Smith at the top, so it looked like kind of like a jersey. It's not that I don't know. If it's not that we can afford it. We couldn't afford. It's not that we couldn't afford it. I think it was just very convenient at the time because he couldn't go out and get a jersey just for me to practice in. But I remember, I remember him doing that before my practice, and that should made me happy as hell because he. I was a big. I'm still am a big fan of Emma Smith, and I'm going to my first football practice, and you know I can rep my team. I rep my favorite player at the football practice because we did this whatever, and that was my first interaction with. You know, football, and that's about five years old. 
So about 20 years of my life, 21 years of my life, I've been, you know, a huge fan of the NFL. And now here I am or here I was at 25, 24 years old. I had to put a stop to that, to that relationship because I wanted to be on the right side of history. I wanted to be able to support the man who was literally sacrificed his career when he took, when he opted out of his uh, contract with the Niners. When he, he knew what, I think Colin Kaepernick knew what was going to happen, but he just wasn't sure, but he wanted to take that gamble. So in a sense of that, he sacrificed his entire career just for us. So I can't, I can't bring it to myself to support uh, organization or a league that have openly showed how they feel about us in regards to bringing awareness or trying to bring change or uh, anything like that that has to do with inequality to black people. And instead, and I wanted to be on the side of history where I said I supported this man who literally sacrificed millions of dollars and his career for the sake of bringing awareness to it. So I tip my hat off to Colin Kaepernick. I'm st- forever. I'm on your side. Uh, as far as this NFL boycotting go, uh, I'm on that man's side. I'm standing right with him. Uh, if, if I could, I would stand right on the front line with him uh, in the sense of this boycott, the NFL boycott. So definitely, definitely is something I don't feel like I'm letting up on as long as he doesn't let up on. Um, so, yeah, man, that's why I boycotted the NFL. This is why I'm currently boycotting the NFL. And this is something important to me. This is something I feel like I had to get off my chest. This is something I need to get off my chest for a while because here we have this man who laid everything on the line for us, who's being blackballed. And Colin Kaepernick, since since he's been a free agent, he hasn't spoken much in regard to NFL. You know, he's still come out and said that he's still trying to get a job or whatever. But he's been focusing a lot of his uh, energy on you know giving back to the community helping the community um he's been doing his if you know anything about the know your rights uh group it's basically a group where he's traveling to different cities and he having these little seminars with uh young black and uh i'll say minority uh, children where he's giving them you know informing them of their rights whenever they have interactions with uh police officers uh, he's doing giveaways and uh, giving back to the community as far as like giving backpacks and school supplies to boys and girls within uh, with these urban communities and stuff like that. So he's he's done a lot of stuff on the forefront of uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, social justice. And he's do- definitely done a lot of giving back to to our communities. So I'm not sure that any of his energy is really focused on the NFL because he I feel like he realized that his purpose is bigger than the NFL. And essentially, Colin Kaepernick can go down as a legend. Like, there's a lot of stuff that go on. There's a lot of stuff that went on, like in the '60s and '70s with athletes that we that we remember, like Jim Brown, uh, Muhammad Ali denying to go to the uh, to military, denying to go to uh, the Vietnam. There's a bunch of other stuff. I think Colin Kaepernick will be mentioned in the same vein as him, if not to a higher degree. Uh, probably to the same degree as uh, Muhammad Ali. But Muhammad Ali, he did his and it's and at the peak of his career but he was also the best colin kaepernick did that at the peak i'm not sure that he was the best but he definitely did it at a peak of his career he's definitely still had years left to where he can perform at a higher level but instead he he took the sacrifice to to uh further the conversation about social injustice social inequality and for that i thank him i tip i tip my cap to that man for for what he's doing for us because that shit definitely don't go unnoticed. A lot of people, they try to change the narrative. I stated a lot of times in this conversation, I mean, this episode, but 
you know the real people we we recognize what you're doing and we definitely appreciate it because i don't know if anyone else probably would have never had anyone else would even attempted to do it so definitely thank you to colin kaepernick for what you're doing for us as a black community as minorities as people of darker skin color um thank you for bringing awareness to this to the world um because it's definitely definitely it's caused even if you know people don't want to admit it's definitely you know open up a conversation one thing that i stated a couple minutes ago that i said i was gonna speak about later is i'm surprised that so if you guys don't know a couple days ago nike released their ad um, well, they basically released that they had been paying Colin Kaepernick during this whole time that he's been unemployed in the NFL because he was endorsed by Nike um, before he even got out, whatever. And so they basically released saying that, you know, they had been paying him all the time. And with the 30 years of the anniversary of the Just Do It campaign, they made him the face of it. So and since it makes him the face of it, there's an ad with him said, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. And it's essentially that's what he did. And this caused a lot of outroar, I should say. Um, I previously stated that you know there are some people that started boycotting NFL because they figured the NFL was letting these black players and white players kneel during the national anthem, and they shouldn't be doing this. Basically, the slave mentality that they should be doing what we want them to do, and that's it. Um, so a lot of people, they boycotted the NFL because of that. So because the Nike is aligning themselves with Kyle Kaepernick, and they come out saying they're aligning themselves with Kyle Kaepernick, a lot of people, I guess, are boycotting Nike. Uh, there's been videos of idiots online burning uh, socks or apparel and shit like that. Uh, there's been videos online of people cutting out the Nike signs of their apparel and stuff. Like, and it was a bunch of just idiotic shit. But people are doing it. But one reason why I say I'm surprised is because I work for Nike and... And the response of this Colin Kaepernick shit, I work in the I work in a section of New York that's uh very wealthy. Like if you guys watch Power, you see like the loft that and the high rises that Tommy and like Ghost and all of them live in. Look, they look pretty wealthy. The area of New York that I work in is probably like around if they where they shooting Power is probably not too far from where I work at. If it is far, definitely the places that are around me are definitely you know resemble the places they live in i say that to give you guys it's a demographic of the people that live in the area majority of white rich wealthy people so i went to work yesterday and majority of the people that was coming in and buying stuff were just there to support colin kaepernick there was a couple of uh black people but majority it was just white people white ladies as well um majority of them white ladies um, I remember I was checking somebody out. It was like when I first clocked in, I was checking somebody out and I asked a lady, you know, just standard procedure, like, uh, you find everything all right? And and I think it was like a bra she was buying. And she was asking me, like, how it fit. And I was like, I'm not sure exactly. She was like, because I don't know if I need a medium or a small. And I told her, like, oh, we have a fitting room in the back if you want to try it. She's like, no, it's okay. I'm just here anyway just to spend money to support Colin Kaepernick. And that shit blew me away because I was like, wow, you know, here's this old white lady just coming to Nike just to spend money to, to help the company out because they decided to align themselves with Colin Kaepernick. So that definitely surprised me. And before I even clocked in, it was a couple of my friends that was telling me like, hey, man, this day been crazy. People just coming in and saying that they just spend the money because of Colin Kaepernick. I know one of my uh, friends was telling me that a couple came in from Miami said they don't even wear sneakers, but they bought sneakers just to support Colin Kaepernick. They said they live in Miami and for the most part they uh they just wear sandals all year round. 
And they said they don't really own sneakers, and they just came in there to buy sneakers to support Nike for aligning themselves with Colin Kaepernick, which surprised me as well. And there's a bunch of different inferences happening throughout the day where people say they were just spending money to support Colin Kaepernick. But at the end of the night, when it was closing or whatever, and usually if you work retail or you work anywhere like a store or something like that, you know you have the people, the stragglers that come in after you lock the doors and try to uh, try to like open the door or yank the door open, some bullshit like that. So usually if you work retail, you know that this pissed you off. Like, dog, we closed. Leave the door alone. Anyway, so yesterday we closed. And there was this man who like pulled the door and like I'm telling him like yo we closed and I'm far away I'm yelling like we closed and you know he's like still like trying to yank the door open so like I get closer to him tell him, like hey you know we're closed at the moment this man was just doing this to get my attention to tell me like yeah Nike all he was doing was like yeah I thank you Nike for supporting Colin Kaepernick I was like what the hell this is crazy so he N- Nike and the line himself with Colin Kaepernick definitely got a, a lot of well, there were some people doing the stupid stuff on uh, social media, but there was a lot of people who were aligning themselves with them and supporting Nike for aligning themselves with Colin Kaepernick. So that definitely surprised me because I did not expect that. I expected going to work and there's going to be a lot of wealthy white people come in and be like, what the, what the hell are you guys doing? And blah, 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 blah. And I don't know. I just thought it was going to be a frenzy, but it's total opposite of that. So definitely shout out to Nike for aligning themselves with Colin Kaepernick and making him the face of the Just Do It campaign because. Essentially, Nike is this proud sponsor is a sponsor of the NFL. Nike make all the jersey and their apparel for the NFL. So them aligning themselves with someone that the NFL is blackballing to keep out the league, it just says a lot. And a lot, I know a lot of people are saying this is just you know marketing or whatever the case may be. But the case may be is that's taking a gamble, uh, aligning yourself with someone like him who people are afraid to align themselves with because they don't want to lose out of money. Nike decided to. You know, put it out in front that you know we support him. So I felt that, that was great. So shout out to Nike, my current employer, for for doing that. I'm glad to know where which side of history you guys stand on. Whether it's for the money or not, the fact that you align yourself with him is is great alone. So shout out to Nike, shout out to Phil Knight, uh, blah blah blah, and all the other people, important people. And I hope this. Uh, I hope I didn't ramble on too much. I hope I got my point across. And as far as why Colin Kaepernick is being blackballed, or why I believe he's being blackballed, because he's obviously willing and I want to know. I wouldn't say willing and able. He's obviously qualified to hold a position, whether it's first string, third string, or second string of quarterback in the National Football League. Uh, I hope it got my point across as to why I'm boycotting the NFL. Um, I'm not trying to encourage. I'm not. I guess I am trying to encourage, but I'm not trying to persuade anybody into boycotting NFL. If you don't want to boycott the NFL, and that's fine by you. But I, at least I gave you guys my reasoning, and if you can align with that reasoning, you should probably should boycott the NFL as well. Um, I also, I also hope I got the point across as to why I believe the NFL is, is well, I said blackball and but why I believe it's racist, why I can't bring myself to uh, support them openly racist people like they are. Um, I've been... I, I I did an episode, well not an episode because I hadn't started this podcast yet, but uh, I had a class where I had to, you know, discuss this topic uh, last year over a, a podcast episode, and I recorded it, and it was a very good episode. I had two veterans with me as well, which I wish I would have had for this episode, but I had two veterans with me as well who explained, you know, their reasons for why they believe he's being blackballed. And that was a great episode. It was about 40 minutes long. However, the quality on that uh, podcast is, is horrible. Um, 
you can hear one of the my guests talk. The other one's voice is very low. You can't hear me talk. My voice is very low. And obviously, I can go back in and like edit certain things and adjust the volume. But I just didn't feel like going back and doing all that. I figured I just re-record this, or I just record this and I put it onto the world. And so that's what I did. Definitely something. Maybe something in the future I can get you know like another veteran get them take on it because obviously we all don't think alike. We all have uh, as humans, not even just as veterans. We all have different takes, but I feel like this is something I had to speak about being a veteran because there, since day one, there's been attempts to try to change the narrative um, as to why Colin Kaepernick was dealing and why he was doing what he was doing. Um, if you hear people try to change the narrative, if you listen to this episode, you have more facts now um, if you didn't have any before. And if you did have some before, you have maybe some stuff you didn't know about. But you definitely have the facts to dispel any rumors because there, as we're going forward, there's still going to be because the NFL season kicks off when I release this episode tomorrow, Thursday, it's going to be the first game of the NFL season. So there's probably going to be more players who are going to be kneeling or uh, protesting the national anthem. And, you know, so there's still going to be, you know, attempts to change the narrative. So now that you've heard my reasoning that you know a little bit, you can Google some more to find out more. But you definitely know that. You know, you can dispel any rumors. You can argue or debate any rumors of if it had anything to do with the troops or disrespect to the flag. Because now you know it doesn't. Um, so once again, Colin Kaepernick, if this episode reached you somehow, thank you for your sacrifices. Thank you for all of you done for us. Thank for thank thank you for what you're doing for our communities. Uh, man, just thank you for everything. Thank you for the sacrifice that you made because you're definitely a living legend. You're gonna go down as a legend. And I'm glad to be on this side of history supporting you. Um, yeah, man, that's all I had to say about that. Um, for my what to watch this week, I don't have a what to watch. Don't watch the NFL. <laughs> nah, uh, I said I was gonna try to persuade any of y'all, but I don't have a what to watch this week. NFL starting back up. You don't want to watch it? Don't watch it. If you're gonna watch it, watch it. But if you were ask me, if you black, you know where they stand with us. So don't give them that money. Don't you know? Turn in. Don't tune into the game. If you want to look at stats, then look at stats on ESPN, whatever. But if you can, man, don't get an NFL no damn money because you know how they feel about us. You know how the owners of these NFL teams feel about us. Well, not all owners because it's like three or four that are on our side. But you know how the NFL owners feel about us. So don't give in to them niggas. Don't give them niggas any type of revenue with tuning into the games or going to their uh, games or whatever. Um, Oh, before I get out of here, I got to address something because I don't want you guys to listen to this and call me some type of hypocrite. The reason why I say I have no problem going to the NFL game with, uh, like, if my father was to come out here uh, in the winter and we go to the Giants and Cowboys games because I kind of spoke about it, but I don't want to take that away from him. Um, I don't know if my father ever been to a Cowboys game. I don't know if my father ever been to a Cowboys rivalry game. So that experience alone is something great because I've been to uh, a couple of Cowboys games, but I've been to a Cowboys rivalry game and, and being in that type of atmosphere is great, especially with them winning. So that's something I don't want to take away from him. Um, and even if it wasn't him, if it was like a sibling or a friend or something like that, if, we, if, they were, if they were friends of the Cowboys and they were coming out to New York from California to visit me and to go to a game, that's a definitely an experience I don't want to take for them. And I'll be willing to, even if it is giving NFL money, um, I will be willing to make that uh, compromise with, you know, being with them and experiencing that. Um, it may be hard for me, but I'll be able to do that just one time because I don't want someone to come all the way out here to 
you know, enjoy something and they'd be like, damn, you know, I went to this or I went to that and, you know, he just stayed home. I went by myself. That's, I don't know. I have, uh, I have manners. I have, uh, I know how to show someone hospitality. So that's just something that's just not, not even in the back of my mind is not attending that with him. So if my father or anybody was to come out here and to do that, I definitely would attend with them. But as far as my stance is support the NFL, I'm 100% boycott NFL. I have been since uh, August of last year, and I'm probably going to continue for the rest of my life. Um, unless I see something that's like, all right, I, that uh, unless I see something in the future that lets me know that, all right, you know where they stand is with us and they support us and all that stuff like that. But other than that, man, I'm boycott the NFL as far as I can. My only interaction with the NFL is going to be fantasy football. Uh, when I have conversations, I say former, as I said in this podcast, this episode. You know, I say I'm a former Cowboys fan because I'm a former Cowboys fan. I'm not a current Cowboys fan, so I can't address myself as that. So, um, yeah, that's definitely all I got to say about that. Um, I'm going to end this episode. I'm going to get out of here once again. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. Um, School just started back up for me yesterday or today, I mean. Um, So, I don't know if episodes are going to slow down it's probably not because being in school it gets certain juices flowing for me so it'll probably bring about another reason to keep this podcast going uh more uh frequently because i got to get you know certain thoughts out of my brain whatever the case may be so if it does slow down just know i got busy with school and i couldn't do it uh that week but i'm definitely not going to go no more than two or three weeks without an episode so even if i don't do weekly I definitely would do maybe bi-weekly every other uh, month or something like that. But I'm definitely going to get these episodes out. So don't expect me to slow down. So definitely I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, whether it's Apple Music, Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, whatever you listen to uh, podcast apps. I appreciate you guys. Um, if you listen to this, make sure you are liking and subscribing the podcast. If you're on Apple Music, hit that subscribe button, leave comments, leave ratings. If you're on SoundCloud, make sure you like the podcast. Make sure you leave comments. If you're on Google Play Music, make sure you leave comments, leave ratings, subscribe, 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 man. Make sure y'all subscribe to this podcast. Um, my what to watch for this week? It's kind of proactive because I haven't seen it yet, but I have seen a lot about it, and I'm definitely going to uh, watch the first episode tonight. It's a Bobby Brown story airing on BET. I've heard nothing but good. Um, Good reviews from it. Uh, I really like the new edition story that BET did, and it's from the same people that did the new edition story, and it's with the same actor that played Bobby Brown, who did a really good job. So I'm definitely looking forward to this. So if you need something to watch, either the Bobby Brown story or Ozark season two. If you haven't seen season one, then start with season one. So either Bobby Brown story or uh, Ozark. I got two for you guys this week. So definitely check those two out. All right, and my uh, best kept secret for this week is. Black Boy by Sunshine. Once again, my best kept secret for this week is Black. I said Black Boy by Sunshine. My bad. Uh, my best kept secret for this week. Sunshine is an album name. If you want to look at the album, um, but my best kept secret for this week is Black Boy by Swoop. Once again, my best kept secret this week is Black Boy by Swoop. I'm gonna get into this. I'm gonna get out of here. So once again, appreciate you guys for tuning in. I'm out. But you are more than a descendant of a slave. Son, I, I hate that I have to talk to you about this. He's just a boy. When does a boy become a man? How do you know? 
happening is when you can honor the cloud of witnesses who came before and respond to hatred with love that transforms. Uh-huh. By my sons. Uh, black boy, black boy, did you know that the world is yours? Your father built it, presented it to you without a blemish. Your father's gifted. Your father's gift is a sinless existence No cause for tears when your eyelid is dripping Wild up with liquid as your soul cries Water falls from those eyes Cheek rivers roll by Dropping to the concrete Making a rose rise Black boy, black boy Did you know that the world is yours? Your father built it And he made it with his hands alone And then he left you with the manual How to produce fruit Engage a culture that can't elope Let them know that the antidote ain't the Pope How to produce truth Call them like you see them like a camera phone FaceTime as a luxury and alone You got it but you can't have it, what an anecdote Black boy, black boy You can waste it, you can kill it, you can use it uh, You can spend it on the worthy or the useless uh, But you'll never get it back like that old thing Or the love from that song that in vogue sings so what you finna do with these seconds? It's Thanksgiving to the one that's serving blessings. Or you wasting all this time you got to invest in your stuff in how you dressing? <laughs> what you trying to get the yams on the first date? For your plans, cause you slammed on your first plate. You ain't know this was a gift in the first place. Why you think he gave grace for you first aid? It's all yours, but it's all in time. Some stuff you gotta wait for, so fall in line. Black boy, black boy, did you know that the world is yours? And don't let them tell you different Yeah, I know that your father made you different But not less than the rest cause of your shade of pigment You better like remember that when the shade is given You wasn't made to fit in, small expectations given By the thoughts of baby homo sapiens with jaded memories Clouded by decades of a racist system To a child of the saviorism Yeah, that's all I got Uh Black boy, black boy, it's yours. When you can see the wickedness of the land that you live in and still stand for truth and righteousness, your ancestors, son, they lived and they died praying for you that you would be free that you would love, that you would fight, that you would protect, that you would strive, that you would grow. Black man, black man, black man. Don't you know the world is yours? Black man, black man, you know it's still yours, right? Life came, death left, so your birthright. You never really outgrow it, but could easily forget it If you're not knowing history has tried to dumb you down With whips and chains to keep you from the underground Give you the runaround, have you think it was under your crown It's not a king's mind, and your worth is what you pick up from the ground It's false, black man, black man You forgot you was a king, huh? And your kingship, it's from the kinged one was a slave smart so please son don't let that change with your freedom emancipation was gifted so each man pays son attention so he can raise younger generation racing for image imagine the masses of masses making the killing then abraham lincoln ahmad and moses for most of slaves leaving egypt let us go we dipped then we meet Jim, re-lynched on tree limb that belonged to the crow. From the crow to ghetto, we still hear the echoes of we shall overcome. In Mahalia, strong falsetto. 
Black man, black man, you know that the world is yours Your father built it with all of these cards against you One thing you cannot forget is you was made in your father's image King